0: Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast.
1: We'll begin this Monday morning with four simple words. They're trite words. They're words that millions of Americans say to each other at the office. If you're like Key J and I that are coming in or you're on Zoom or you're at Starbucks, we don't really expect much when we hear these words. How was your weekend? But it's a powerful image and a powerful group of words this weekend. Welcome inside in. We're in the South Street Seaport Studios. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin on ESPN Radio, ESPN News. And obviously so much has happened here in the last 48 hours. Just run some things down before we get the guys' big thoughts, right? We thought, in priority-wise, the NBA was back after being gone. and We thought that was a big deal. And then we find out Uncle Cliffy, 18-year NBA veteran Clifford Robinson, is gone, dying of cancer, lymphoma at the age of 53 cancer also taking the life of Chadwick Boseman. You heard that there in the introduction at the age of 43 stage three colon cancer, one of the most famous people in the world. Very few people in the world knew he was even ill. And then he tried to get back to sports, which is a silly endeavor. The Lakers eliminate Portland and then somebody is shot and killed in Portland over the weekend. And gentlemen, that happened in about two days. Everything I just mentioned happened in a span of two days. It's a somber Monday. Key, you mentioned it when we were just walking in before we started. We always want to kinda of uplift and be inspirational in the morning. It's the start of most people's weeks. But this is also the start of most people's realities. It's another unprecedented week in America.
2: It it really truly is, especially when you start to think about you know, people's heroes and, and people that you look up to or you you've been around. Um you think about Bozeman. Uh, you think about the movies that was made you think about 42 black panther then you think about cliff playing with with j will and j will having a personal relationship with that i mean yes. it's just it's it i don't know man it's one of those deals 2020 is just wild it's a it's you know it's one of those deals where it's like please hurry up and just end 2020 let's 4 months till the let's just get it over with
0: it just feels like a circus of emotion um you know, this weekend for me, obviously Chadwick, I've known for a while. Um, that was really tough. But the, the Uncle Cliff thing really, it really bit me hard, Key. It was, um, you know, him and I have been missing each other over the last couple of years, right? Yeah. Texting back and forth. And, um, you know, I, on his Twitter, his Twitter page, I was his last tweet because he was making fun of a turtleneck that I was wearing. I was having fun with Maria and Jalen in the studio, and he had sent me a DM and I didn't respond. And it just, uh, it's one of those things that, you know, I'm hearing the news, I'm with my dad, I'm with my daughter, I'm with my wife. So you just think about, you know, all the people that you get too busy in the scheme of life, you know, little Mm -hmm. things that come up and you don't reach out to people or you don't connect with people. And in in that moment, ultimately, how I just, um, I felt horrible because I, I missed another opportunity to connect with a guy that I played with for a short time, but we had a a good connection. And it's, um, it's made me really sad, man.
2: You know, in 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 these times like this, you try to figure out, or dig deep to find the positives and all of it. But like you said, Z, every time you look up and you try to get something positive going, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden something—not necessarily negative in this situation, but something that brings you back down—keeps you know. And then now, basketball is back. You 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 thinking, okay, Lakers just eliminated. Portland. Okay, and then all of a sudden, somebody's gunned down in Portland. And you're mm-hmm. sitting there he's just like this is just every day. It's like I've never in the time that I've been on this earth have seen a 6-month span, I would say, of all this craziness. You know, just I've this is I've never seen it. Have no, you,
0: Jay? I I I've never witnessed anything like this before in my life. I've never heard this the series of it, and I found myself over the weekend, Key. Honestly, just trying to find some type of inspiration. I found a, a quote from Chadwick Bozeman I wanted to read to you. He says, "Fearlessness means taking the first step, even if you don't know where it will take you. It means being drivers by a higher, driven by a higher purpose rather than being applauded. It means knowing that. Sorry, again, emotional readiness. Knowing that." being up to reveal your character when you stand apart more than when you stand with the crowd and just um, for everything that we're going through for what happened with Chadwick Bozeman to what happened with uncle Cliff, to rumors that we're hearing. I, I don't know if it's true or not about John Thompson. Um, I have no other choice key, but to take all these things and to bottle them up and to let that force me to fight harder. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't know how to, and I don't know if it's an athlete in me. If the athlete thing is like you know when you're you're down 15 points, you're down 20 points of the game. Like, what person do you choose to be? That person that just folds and says, "All right, we lost this game." I've never I've never been that person. I'm just going to keep fighting until until my clock chimes out.
2: You know, you look at you look at uh, Chadwick's career, and you you know you look at 42. Like that's how I mean I, I obviously knew about Jackie Robinson and I know and the whole deal black history. And that's one of our uh, big, you know, things in our life as, as African-Americans. But you know, when you, when you see the movie, you can really kind of like understand what he actually went through. Yeah. You could read all the books in the world and, and, and knows his family and have that conversation. But until you actually see the, like saw the movie and, and you really, it was one of those deals you sit there and you go, Damn, he played a hell of a part to really mm. to hit that the way he did, you know, to so it's like, okay, then you roll into the Black Panther. Now, obviously, it was huge because for for African American community, that was like the first black superhero. Yes. Every time we try to pitch something like that to the studios, it was getting shot down. It wasn't something that they wanted to venture into. But then all of a sudden, He gets the role. They partner up. They get it done. Blockbuster. Ridiculous to this day. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like to this day, it's still it's still sizzling hot. People still are finding and watching it. And it's just like it'll be interesting to see how many people download and watch it now that didn't have an opportunity to.
1: You do often see that after someone does die, there's a spike in interest, especially for a younger generation that may not be aware. But in this particular case, that won't be the case because the younger generation is what sparked Black Panther. They actually went to older people and said, this is why this is a big deal. Normally it's always the reverse. Michael Jackson dies. Elvis Presley dies. You have to tell younger people why this person was important. This is the exact inverse. And I think that's a brilliant point, Key. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance, where all of our guests joined us this morning and every morning on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. You know, some people think about LeBron James. We toss this word around gentlemen uh, a lot. They think of LeBron as a superhero, but to Key's point, LeBron as a kid thinking about the superheroes of his time and what Bozeman meant in this time.
3: Growing up as a
0: black kid, you had superheroes that you looked up to, but they weren't black. You know, you had Batman, you had Superman, uh, you had Spider-Man, and so on and so on. And for uh, Ryan Coogler and, and, and for that cast and for him himself to be able to make Black Panther... That even though we knew it was like a fictional uh, story, it actually felt real. It actually felt like we finally had our black superhero and nobody can touch us.
1: Ryan Coogler was essentially the executive producer of The Money Man behind that movie and was the guy that really got it across the finish line. You guys are both African-American. Black Panther can never affect me the way that it affected both of you. Yes, I'm breaking news here. I'm here with are, two African-Americans. we, we Americans. We're both African-Americans. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't want to say anything. I just <laughs> smiled. Well, on no, the I radio. Can. I just smiled. I was going to say. Well, I, well, I, I think after the first
0: two weeks, our audience knows would, that we're both African-Americans. There's
1: always new listeners every day. Uh, no, but there's look, always Z, new listeners every day. I was day.
2: like over here going,
1: hey, last <laughs> time I checked, it sure didn't come off. Hey, look, I'm almost there. I'm almost there, but I'm not quite there.
2: <laughs> no, I get it. What I, do. Would, what
1: I would say is this, though, in, in all seriousness, I think this is really important, and this is something that was mentioned over the weekend and so this is not a completely original thought but I want to make sure I mention this to get your to get your view on this and it's as simple as this yes he played Jackie Robinson he also played Thurgood Marshall one of the most iconic people you'll ever see uh, in American history he was on the Supreme Court before that he was a labor lawyer a civil rights lawyer Mm -hmm. he played a superhero in Black Panther and I think one thing many people echoed online this weekend is something I completely concur with which is he played Thurgood Marshall, he played Jackie Robinson, he played a superhero, and one day, because of all of those things, one day, somebody will play Chadwick Boseman in a movie.
2: That is that is quite possible. That, that Think about that. That is probably going to be the case.
1: 43 years old, that's a lot to do at 43.
2: Well, when you're when you hot and you doing everything right and people like your films and like what you're doing, you get those opportunities. And he certainly was getting ready to be... Come like one of those just major, major superstars. If he wasn't roles. already and, there, if he, he wasn't he, already.
0: But you know what's amazing about a, though, Key, he never becomes that unless a guy like Denzel Washington passes it forward. Who actually through a you know through a, a a gift essentially paid for Chadwick Bozeman to mm-hmm. actually go to school and to get his degree.
1: That's right? fair enough. And he was so humble, right? All the stories you read over the weekend, I didn't even know he was married, had kids, he was ill, so much. When you're an A-lister, people just, at this point, everybody knows everything about you. And you sort of realize how much we didn't know about him. And that was by design. When you're battling something like this, you want to battle it privately and you want to do it the way that you do. Complete and total sympathy to his family. We lost a legend, for sure, over the weekend. Still to come, basketball seems just a little bit trite. Clippers, Lakers advancing to the second round. It could be a perhaps NBA Western Conference Finals preview. We'll discuss who has the better chance to get out of round two and make it to the conference finals. That's next. This is ESPN Radio and the ESPN app.
0: Chishon, Jay Will, and Zubin, the podcast.
1: White Sox right-hander Lucas Giolito pitching the first no-hitter of 2020 in front of cardboard cutouts 13 Ks one base runner just one walk the White Sox have 19 no-hitters key only your Dodgers have more
2: yeah well that's that's what we're supposed to do but (laughs) can you imagine trying to throw a no-hitter and you're down to the last couple strikeouts Mm -hmm. and you just the pressure that is on
1: you to get that no-hitter no question about it. Gilles really good Lido, to see though? that
2: for both of them, though, considering
1: yeah. what
0: they've gone through over the last couple of years. With people kind of discounting them, not thinking they were going to pan out.
1: No question about it. Now, this is the biggest sports story in the world, Jay. Maybe not here domestically, but internationally. Lionel Messi and Barca perhaps splitting after nearly two decades Lionel Messi says he wants to go. He hasn't had a ton of success in the last couple of years by his standards, and the world is buzzing about it.
0: This kind of reminds me of D-Way leaving Miami, something that you never thought would ever happen. All the people with the hot takes, Messi's never leaving Barca. I've been to games. It's incredible. Imagine every owner in every league saying, we have to get Messi.
1: No doubt about it. You want to endear yourself to your fan base. There's one easy way to do it. And the Nuggets fan base is loving Jamal Murray. Key ho-hum, 33 in the second half. The Nuggets stay alive. They've never rallied from a 3-1 deficit in any playoff series. They were down 3-1 to the Jazz. Let's make it
2: 3-2. Man, he's cooking. Man, that was a 360 lay-in. Look every bit of 40, but he's all right.
1: He was terrific. How about them Wildcats? Is what they're saying in Lexington. He was incredible there, and he's making some incredible moves in the bubble for the Nuggets. I, he, is, he, I don't know if you know.
0: he was incredible at Kentucky. He was good at Kentucky. He wasn't like he. We saw him last but night.
2: College, but college hoops though is different, though, right? I no, mean, you don't agreed. Really, but they like got when, they got their systems. and they saw, don't really. Calm them. Don't really let you eat like that. Yeah, right? but
0: when you saw John Wall at Kentucky, you like, oh, he's incredible. Jamal Murray was good. But last night, he looked like a G4. He didn't look like a hawker. You know what I mean? He he looked like a next team. I don't know if
2: everybody know what that is. Oh, we'll, I do. we'll break that down.
0: We'll <laughs> I'm, break that I'm down, usually so.
1: the one that has to stop and people have to correct me, but this time around it's for, for Jay Will. Just Jay Will talking <laughs> at one percent or stuff. G4, <laughs> we'll break that down.
2: G four, Hawker, citation.
1: Citation, all and, different kinds of jets. Guys. And real quick, shout out to the Nuggets GM Tim Conley, drafted Jokic, drafted Murray, drafted Michael Porter Jr., drafted Bull Bowl. It could be very bright in Denver. From A to Z it was brought to you by Redbox. Redbox is something for everyone, along with the new comedy that came can't be missed. Rent the King of Staten Island, starring Pete Davidson. Remember him from SNL and directed by the prolific Judd Apatow. Visit redbox.com for all the ways to watch. Okay, we were watching Paul George and wondering early in this series what in the world was going on. Then suddenly last night, he snaps back into it, explodes for 35 in less than 25 minutes. And yes, in history, his name will go down in the box score for all of the games that he struggled. He technically played in those games, but he wanted everybody to know the reason he didn't star had something to do with what the league is battling and has been battling for a couple years, but nobody wants to talk about.
0: It was just a little bit of everything. Underestimated
3: mental health, honestly. Um, I had anxiety, um, a little bit of depression. Uh, just being locked in here. Just, I just wasn't there. I checked out games two, three, four. I, I wasn't there. I felt like I wasn't there.
1: Now, I want to mention this, Jay, because this is something I know you're very hot on. The reason I say this has been going on in the league for a while, you might remember, and I know you guys both love the commissioner, Adam Silver, and I do too, just because he's real, he's, he's cathartic. He just says things, right? So this is what he told everybody maybe last, I would say, last March. Quote, this is Silver on his own players way pre-pandemic This is
0: after the Kyrie Irving comments and Kevin yes. Durant comments. Yes. This was at
1: the MIT Sloan Sports Analytics Conference where all the stat heads get together. Quote from Silver, March 2019. When I meet with them, them is the players. When I meet with them, what surprises me is that they're truly unhappy. A lot of these young men, they are generally unhappy. I think it's less calculated than a lot of people think. He said, the reality is that most don't want to play together. There's enormous jealousy amongst our players. He went on to say, if you're around a team in this day and age, there are always headphones on, Silver said. The players are isolated and they have their heads down. Obviously, George is saying he was a little claustrophobic, a little lost in the moment of the bubble where you can't really see your family. But Adam Silver is saying, Jay, and you know the league, this is something that's been going on for a while.
0: Yeah, I I don't really think that that quote is applicable to Paul George in this situation, though. I I, I get what Adam was talking about then, and I, I still think that is relevant to a degree, uh, but I, I think this one's a little bit different. you know. And look, for all fans out there, Key, that are going to say, hey, oh, your job is just to play basketball. You know, what I would say to combat that is if I have a hard day at work, if you're out there, you're working you have a really hard day, you work from 7 o'clock in the morning until 5 o'clock at night, say you have a bad day, when you walk in the door of your home, my wife has checked me multiple times about whatever happened at work, leave at the doorstep. When I see my daughter, when she runs up to me, Keith, when you see your kids, it naturally forces you to be present with them, right? Yeah, now, oh, yeah. you, you you may take a little bit of your bad day into, into your home for a second, but that significant other will slap you, will knock you out of your own way and get you out of your own funk, right? That recalibrates you. Think about if you have a bad game. You see your kid or you see your family member, you see your friends for a oh, second. I was,
2: the, I was the worst. Right? Oh, I like, was the worst. You
0: need somebody to help you recalibrate you. So, I feel what Paul George is saying. Think about how that echo chamber is expanded. When you don't have people to recalibrate you, you can't walk into that home, you can't see your friends, you can't get out of your own way. Now you're on your phone. Now people are asking your boys, like, How come you didn't shoot the ball? What do you think it is? You're consumed by it, you can't get out of it. And I think that's challenging when you're in a bubble. I think that's what Paul George was referring to.
2: You know, it, it, the, the interesting thing is he figured out a way to get out of it and go 12 of 18, you know, 50% from the deep three. 35 points, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. in pair with Kawhi's 32. And if that's the situation for the Clippers, they're going to be a tough team to mm-hmm. beat down the stretch. There's no question about it. They're going to be a tough team. Um, it, it's always, like you mentioned, bad games, bad this. I, when I was saying to you, Z, mm-hmm. when I played, it was a, whether – like if we lost a game or I had a a, a difficult game, I was the worst to be around for that next 24 hours. It was just. What would you do when you like after a bad game? Would you go home? Would you be by yourself? No, I typically like you know. I I had a lot of friends and family that would come to all my games, whether I traveled or whatever the case may be. And if I'm if I'm at home, I would just like you know. Normally we would go to eat after the game, but if Mm -hmm. it didn't go right. Mm-mm. See me. I'm gonna be No, it wasn't the even. Yeah, again. it wasn't even. No need to go. Dinner, man. Y'all gonna do what y'all need to do if y'all want to hit China Club or whatever the case may be, or, or cheetahs or whatever. Y'all go do that on y'all own. I'm gonna catch up with y'all later on. I'm not. And then when I get home, I might just isolate myself completely from everybody and not talk to them and just kind of, you know. And I'm up. Like I'm not sleeping. I'm back at the. film I'm watching the film in my room trying to figure out. It just was one of those situations where mentally it became so much. Consumed. Oh, it's consumed, man. It's a lot because there's so much pressure on you as a star player to deliver, and you got to figure out how to get out of that. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Subin, The Podcast.
1: Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, all of our guests appear via the Shell Pennzoil performance line. We're going to bring in Dominic Foxworth here in just one second because we're going to ask him his comments on the Raptors perhaps boycotting their game with the Celtics tomorrow in the Eastern Conference semifinals. Nick Nurse, Raptors head coach, will be here at 8.30 a.m. Eastern to talk about it. Simply put, can it happen? Van Vliet said the team had a meeting. Yes, they're all in Florida. His eyes are on Wisconsin. And his message is putting pressure on other players in the NBA. Listen to this.
3: We knew, you know, coming here or not coming here wasn't going to stop anything. But I think ultimately, ultimately like, playing or not playing puts pressure on somebody. So, for example, this happened in Kenosha, Wisconsin, if I'm correct. Yeah, right. um, You know, would it be nice if, if, in a perfect world, we all say we're not playing and, and the owner of the Milwaukee Bucks, you know, that's going to trickle down if he steps up to the plate and puts pressure on, you know, district attorney's office and state's attorneys and governors and politicians there to, to make real change and get some justice. Like, I know it's not that simple, but at the end of the day, if we're going to sit here and talk about making change, then, you know, at some point we're going to have to put our n- on the line and, and actually, you know, put something up to lose rather than just money or visibility.
1: Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. It's time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Let's go straight to the Shell Pennzoil performance line. Strong comments there by Fred Van Vliet. Dominique Foxworth from the Undefeated, played in the National Football League, was a part of some NBA labor negotiations as well, really has his pulse on the finger of what's going on in multiple sports. Good morning, Dominique. First things first. uh, This is something Key and I were talking about uh, before the show, and I think it bears worth repeating. What exactly would be the point – Of a boycott. There's a symbolic gesture there, but what does it really do?
3: Well, I think uh that Van Bleep laid it out pretty clearly. While he said he doesn't know that or he understands that it's not as simple as maybe he laid it out. I think the point is you pull the levers that you can pull. I'm not sure what more um radical thing you could expect from a player in this situation than boycott. So I frankly am just happy that I'm on their side. And it's not always clear necessarily. And I understand when you feel desperate. You pull all the levers, press all the buttons that you can. And if it happens to be the red one, that means that you won't show up for a game. Then that's just what it happens to be. I'm just happy that I am on uh, the same side with them because it, it appears to me that they are quite focused and quite motivated to get something to happen. And I think the point that Van VanVleet made was that it's not necessarily a message to the DA's office in um, in Milwaukee or in uh, Wisconsin is it's a message to the other players around the league and the ownership around the league and the commissioner's office. It's a message to them that they better get on board and they better do the same things because they're the um, repercussions of actions that are happening in the street with police that pertain to black people. The repercussions will not only just rest on on black people in the communities and the pe- the families of the people who were um who are impacted by this? So I think it's a brave thing to step out there and do. I don't know that I would ever have the guts to do something like that, but I'm happy to stand on the side with them and be able and be willing to defend them, encourage them if that's what they need in this moment.
0: Nick, it's one thing for Fred VanVleet to say that. It's another thing to see LeBron James, uh, Kawhi Leonard, some of the biggest players in the game, actually do that. How feasible is it that those players would do something like that?
3: Yeah, I think it's a stretch. Honestly, like uh, Zubin mentioned that I've been a part of uh, labor negotiations for the NBA and the NFL. And that's when uh, v- Van Bleet said you have to put your I think we bleeped it out. So I won't say it if we already bleeped it out, but you have to put your bleeps on the line like that happens in labor negotiations all the time. You get to the end, 11th hour and you're like, look. Are you going to pass up these checks or not? And normally that's when the players back down, frankly, because the alternative is uh, pretty good and no one wants to miss out on checks because they want to get it a little bit better. But the idea that these guys are actually going to do it, like I think it's probably a long shot, honestly. But the fact that they put it out there, I think suggests that at least some of the players are, are serious about it and I know before we went into the bubble or before the NBA went into the bubble Kyrie was one of the guys talking about not showing up Avery Bradley ended up not showing up so some guys obviously are willing to do that but I'm not sure that you can expect the whole team to do it or the entire league to do it we saw the Lions pass up on a practice yesterday to send a message but but obviously a practice is much different than uh, boycotting an entire playoff game like that's a huge message and when the players were talking about they're going to go in the bubble and not allow uh, this to take away from the social justice things that were that were taking place. I think they've done a good job of mentioning it in their interviews or bringing books to press conferences, doing whatever they can do to give us an the media the opportunity to continue to talk about it. But this will be enormous. Like this will be an earth shattering decision that will, I certainly think, shake things up and uh, more likely to not lead to some advancements and some pressure uh, on people outside of the NBA.
2: Fox, for a minute, just think, what if the star players decided that they, the LeBron James or the Kawhi Leonards mm-hmm. of the world, just make a decision to decide, you know what, this may be the only way that we're going to be able to send this message. Do you think star players I'm talking about decide to right. check out, do you think it will affect some other leagues like the NFL where we will start to see star players because typically – Stars align with stars and kind of follow each other's leads. Do you think that that could trickle down to potentially the NFL?
3: Absolutely. I think once the stars do it, it gets easier for everybody else. Because if LeBron James, the biggest star we have in American sports, if LeBron James says he's not going to show up, that's where all the pressure is going to fall. That's where all the questions are going to be asked. That's what all our uh, news networks are going to be leading with. LeBron James decided not to play. It becomes much easier for the rest of the stars who fall behind him to, to do the same thing. The hardest thing to do is, the hardest thing is going to be for somebody like him to step out. Or uh you mentioned Kawhi Leonard, who is not very outspoken guy, so I, I'd be surprised if he made a move like that. But somebody else to somebody big like that to do it, it makes it so much easier for everyone else. And if the if this trickles to a point where they shut down the entire NBA playoffs, I know I'm getting way ahead of myself. Like that's power. And we talk often about we point our fingers at the people who've been elected to certain offices and say that they have so much power, but they don't really have control. It, the control is rest in the hands of the people. And in this case, those people are are the players who have some bit of control that they can impact uh, the future going forward, impact the league and impact uh, far beyond the league. So I, I, I admire them for having that power and be being willing to wield that power and being willing to sacrifice what they've worked their whole life for, frankly, to get an opportunity to play for a championship. You think about that, that they are willing to even consider that or discuss that it makes me proud to have been a former at, or to have been a professional athlete at some point.
2: Fox, let me apologize first. Um, what I'm about to, to ask you that... Uh-oh. No, no, I'm not... I'm not. <laughs> oh, that's what I said. I said, uh-oh. Oh, man, stop, I thought, man. I'm not. I, I thought you was going to bring up some tape but you catch no, it. No, hey, hey, no, no. He's been brought no. up in the breaks, Nick. No, no, I he's was... He's brought up in the breaks now. he was not like, talking about I that. I was going I was going to say, let me apologize because I'm sure... <laughs> Based on what I'm about to ask you, you've already answered this a many times on many shows over mm-hmm. the last several days. I just haven't seen it. Yes. I wanted okay, to no, know I, I know the answer to it
3: already. Keyshawn Johnson was the best receiver I ever played against
2: <laughs> in my NFL No, play. stop, boy. <laughs> on a serious note, I was gonna say I, you know, I want you to, to elaborate on your feelings about what took place in Wisconsin with uh Jacob Blake. because I, I haven't I know you probably have, I just haven't seen right. it. And I wanted to know no, your feelings I, on it.
3: No, I, I haven't yet. I oh, think okay. that it's yeah, as I'll be on get up later talking about it. But I think it's a really tough uh, situation to to I think the saddest thing is I'm not surprised, you know, like it's not news. It's not new to, to to people like us. And it's upsetting and frustrating. I'm encouraged more than anything, because it seems like uh, the. The tenor of the country, the perception of the country has changed. It's not to a point where people are looking for reasons to blame Blake. It seems like, by and large, most people understand that no matter what happens in any situation, this is any particular situation, this happens far too often. And dissecting the particulars of any particular situation, to me, seems like a waste of time when we understand that what's going on and what has gone on is something that... uh, it's terrifying and it's scary and our country will never be the country that it expects to be until it addresses the many, not just the police uh, brutality and, and um, police violence issue, but the many issues that uh, are barriers, frankly, for black people in this country. So, like, I, I, we'll never be the country that we say we want to be until we address that peculiar or that the problems that stem from the peculiar institution of slavery. So, like, that's I, I feel like it's a really broad um Way to answer that question. But that's how I feel when I see stuff like that. It's just it's uh, the same stuff that we all know has existed for a while. Not all of us, but many of us know it's existed for a while. And some of us are finally coming to understand is a a real problem.
2: Mm.
0: Nick, you have so much insight on how these labor negotiations pan out. Seeing the Lions Mm. cancel practice the other day. If you were to give advice to athletes about the one way they could create change, if that's legislation wise, what advice would you give them on
3: how to do that? I think the first move is to get informed and also understand that not everyone has to be a spokesperson. Not everyone's built for that and not everyone. Um, is, it shouldn't have to be their responsibility. I think I would say the same thing that I'm saying to athletes, to anybody in the country who wants to impact this is that there are microaggressions that set us back and there can be uh, small actions that push us forward. So in, in and in any aspect of uh, life where you have impact, you should be able to, you should be willing to push in that way and be conscious of everything you say, everything you do. I know it's a lot of pressure to be aware of this all the time. We're not all going to be perfect, but be conscious that, Every little decision you make has some little impact on somebody else. And that's how our society is built. And that's what uh, forms the institutions and the rules that we live under. So being aware of all that and and being conscious that your actions matter. And if you have the, the conviction and the bravery, frankly, to step up and take some more radical action, don't be afraid. Like we see the cycle works the same way every time it feels like when someone is ridiculed for stepping out. Eventually, the world comes around and understands that that person was right. And it seems that cycle is so much faster now than it was back in the day of, say, Muhammad Ali. You see, Kaepernick has changed. Kaepernick is viewed by most, I think, now as an American hero, when at the time he was viewed as somebody who was doing the wrong thing. So that that bravery should extend to everybody, uh, no matter where you are in our society. I, I get frustrated, honestly, and it happens to me sometimes, too, where I find myself pointing at CEOs or coaches or someone else who is in a leader, leadership position and telling them that they need to fix it. And I think the the real truth is that we need to make them fix it. And I think to bring us full circle back to Fred Van Vliet, I think that's what he's he's pointing to. It's like, look, you, you guys aren't going to fix it, so we're going to make you so uncomfortable, as uncomfortable as the rest of the Rest of us are until you address the issues that we are seeing persist in our society.
2: Now the fun part. How's your neck? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just I'm <laughs> waiting
0: the whole time I'm just to say that with you, man. Hey, Nick, don't you were talking so about "Man, I am stiff-armed, Nick. I no, put
3: him man, in the ground. No, I put no, his cheek I'm on not, the I'm ground not, in the gravel. I'm not denying it. I'm not denying <laughs> it. Nick, don't listen to man. Don't listen <laughs> no, no, to him, no, man." Don't listen, I'm, not to saying him. Nothing. I'm just You're playing a dog. great player. I'm not denying it. But I do know one thing. Uh-huh. I was sitting on everything. Nobody was worried about Keyshawn running <laughs> by him. I was sitting on all intermediate routes. Hey, sitting
2: on all outs and digs and everything. They, hey, look, that's what they told the DBs. <laughs> but 900 catches later and it's a whole nother story. I don't. I don't like this. Let's let's go back to Zubin were, were you talking
3: about. No, you, we can have. We got few, something. Look, we got a few minutes. Your, was can... that your points per game or your GPA? Hey, what look,
4: ah! pull,
2: pull up, pull up that film that we got there, Evan. No, I'm just Hit him, <laughs> <get> me.
1: <him, Nick. laughs> I gotta say, years ago I covered Dominique Fox Ruth when he was with the Broncos. He went to Harvard Business School in the offseason. He was all business today giving us the context with the NFL and how it applies to the Lions and the NBA, how it applies to what's going on in the bubble, especially with the Raptors. You can see Dominique on get up eight A. M. Eastern with Greenie and the gang over on ESPN. Straight talk wireless, no contract, no compromise. <laughs> Look at that
3: face. <laughs> I'm, right?
0: I'm disappointed too, Nick. I'm disappointed. Yeah, I mean,
1: too. I'm, disappointed.
3: <laughs> I'm I'm disappointed in Zubin because because he had that Segway in his pocket, and it didn't work. I wasn't all business. I just finished making jokes.
1: <laughs> we'll see, Dominique. I'd get up at 8 a.m. Eastern time, and the best part about that, it'll be a Keyshawn free zone, so he can get in everything he needs to get in, <laughs> and it'll be all good. Dominique, thank you so much. Thanks, Nick. All so right. Thank you, guys. We're going to talk to Nick Nurse, the, the Raptors next, head coach. The next coach. hurt, though. Is it sore? <laughs> yeah, the neck Is Using Bengay on it?
2: It was vicious. Could be Mm. a good
1: sponsorship opportunity for Ben Gay if you're out there. (laughs) 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time. Nick Nurse is going to join us. He was a part, of course, of that team meeting that the Raptors had with regard to possibly boycotting game one of the Eastern Conference Finals tomorrow uh, against the Celtics. We should also mention Nick Nurse was the runaway choice for the NBA Coach of the Year, so there's plenty to talk to him about. Oh, by the way, the defending champions without Kawhi Leonard. That's all coming up at 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time. There has been some discussion Was it right to go to the bubble? We heard yesterday George Hill talk about going there and having a platform, but what does it really mean? Nick Nurse essentially said when everybody rolled in in late July, the bubble gave them a stage that ordinarily right now these players and some of these teams would not normally have. And for that reason and that reason alone, it's been worth it.
4: We have a platform here, and I think playing – still gives us a chance to use that platform more than not playing does.
0: And I would say that that has not changed for me. And I think that we need to continue to, again, I mean, the issues need to continue to be dealt with and talked about and seriously scrutinized and all this stuff. We need to all do better
1: and we need to all work together. That's no question about it. Nick Nurse is going to join us again at 8.30 a.m. Eastern. And if you're more interested on the NFL talk with the Lions canceling practice in protest, we'll talk about it with our Super Bowl champion, Ryan Clark, at 7.30 a.m. Eastern time. Stay tuned for that. Jay, Nick Nurse pretty clear there that they are in it to win it, but there's also a larger reason to be in the bubble.
0: I'll say this. There will be no boycott until LeBron James puts his stamp on it. LeBron James is the Muhammad Ali of the NBA. He is the Jim Brown of the NBA. That's how NBA players look at LeBron James. So hearing George Hill talk about he doesn't feel like being here, fine. Hearing Fred VanVleet talk about we have to put our blanks on the line, fine. All these things are fine. But the person who leads this movement is LeBron James. Think about Clutch Sports. Clutch Sports represents close to 30 players in the NBA, Think about how that trickle-down effect leads to the NFL, the relationship LeBron has with OBJ, Cleveland Browns, Jarvis Landry. Clutch Sports represents Jarvis Landry, okay? They represent Melvin Gordon, the players, the cachet that they have. LeBron James will be the person to lead that movement. So if we get to a point where we're talking about players truly boycotting the NBA— a league that has put Black Lives Matter on the court. And I hear what Fred is saying to make change, to have owners use their power with lobbyists to actually push for legislation. But in order for that to happen, I know it's unfair, but that weight will be on the shoulders of LeBron James.
2: Star, star power is extremely important in this situation. There's no question about it. Uh, you mentioned Clutch Sports and the, the number of clients that LeBron and his his crew manage and represent. Uh, whether it's Ben Simmons or AD who plays with him or LeBron himself or Landry or just any players in professional sports. When one guy like LeBron makes the decision to step out front, everybody else is going to follow. What did Patrick
1: Beverly say? Is the king playing? The king playing? We're all playing. That's just – that's what it is.
2: Um, I somewhat agree with Nick Nurse by saying that this is a platform. The people outside the bubble, they can still stay in the bubble and get the message across, much like LeBron has talked about. It's us outside the bubble that have to continue to push until our athletes come outside the bubble to join forces with us to continue to push. It doesn't mean because you're in the bubble that you also isolate yourself from the rest of the world. Sure. They're still active. And there's people out there that are still active. We got to keep doing what we're doing on this platform that we're on right now, Z. We got to keep sending the message and not be afraid of people talking smack to us on social media about stick to sports.
1: Doc Rivers, not scared at all. Listen to his comments. It's at the top of the hour.
2: Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Zubin,
1: the podcast.